I'm Scott Galloway, and you're listening to 1K, the 1,000-second podcast. Every podcast is entertainment-focused and interview-driven. At the end of that time, we're done. 1K is affiliated with the 100 Words Film Festival and powered by Ortho Carolina. Let's put 1,000 seconds on the clock. Since 2009, our guest Janet Pearson has been responsible for the vision, programming, and execution of one of the most revered and important film festivals in the country, South by Southwest. For the past 25 years, the South by Southwest Film Festival has run for nine days in March, showcasing world premieres for blockbuster films like this year's Atomic Blonde and Baby Driver, and serving as the festival for new filmmakers, this past year, 51 new first-time filmmakers had films debut. Prior to her time at South by Southwest, Janet spent over 30 years championing independent film and filmmakers. She even chose to marry one indie filmmaker, John Pearson, known for films such as Chasing Amy and Real Paradise. Janet Pearson, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. So let's just start right in there. Um, This past March, you all at the South by Southwest Film Festival screened 125 features, including 84 world premieres. So that tells me that you had to have gotten thousands and thousands of submissions. How do you vet them? Well, we got about 2,500 feature uh, submissions and about 5,000 short submissions, and then episodics are in there as well, and music videos and VR add on uh, extra numbers. And it's a long process. We've already started. We opened for submissions on June 29th, and we'll be watching intensely through January. Um, there's a few of us on staff who watch nights and weekends, and then we also have a, a, a larger group that sort of handpicks selective people in our community that we trust to kind of help us pre-screen. But it's, it's grueling and um, exciting. When you and I don't know how to ask this question, but when you're watching, like, how far into a film do you go, oof, no, or oh my gosh, this has merit? Well, you know, it's so funny. A film like Cresha was a film a couple of years ago. It's a, a family gathers for holiday, and I'm like, ugh, like, so you know, it's like I've seen too many of these. They're, they almost never work, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to watch this. And then, literally within three minutes, I was on the edge of my chair, thinking, I don't know, there's something magic happening here. This is amazing, you know. Uh, so it's, it's kind of it's funny. It's I mean, those are the easy ones when when it's like you, when right away it grabs you, and you're like, this is amazing. More of the time, it's it's slower. You're 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 being, you know, it's wonderful when you can turn something off quickly because you know it's really wrong. Right. But most of the time, you're being really thoughtful. So you're watching and you're thinking about it. And we specialize so much in films that are emerging talent, so they're not obvious, you know. So it's kind of like why every single time we watch something, it's like why should we give this film the platform? Right. Right. Why do they deserve the attention? And and a lot of times when you're looking for raw talent, you know, it's not necessarily polished. Um, I mean, it's funny when in the introduction when you said how we show blockbusters. When we choose them, we don't know that they're going to be blockbusters. You know, we well, we, we may be point. hopeful, but it's not like it's not like it's it's not like they come in a box that says blockbuster. Right, right. But but they would. But some of them do come with stars attached. And so I guess that would be another yes. question for you is kind yes. of that dance between what I guess has the potential to be a blockbuster and a true indie film. And indie film is your background. So how do you strike a balance between the two? It's 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 intentional. We love the range that we do. It was started before I worked here. My predecessor, Matt Dentler, had very much kind of put it in place when he kind of when knocked up was kind of had its world work in progress, uh, kind of pre world premiere here. And the idea is that the assessment is the same. Is there an authorial voice? Is there a filmmaker point of view? Does it get our attention? You know, so we like to laugh as much as we like to be scared or like to be you know thoughtful, think about things in a 
deep manner. So you're assessing them in the same way. Some just have a lot of money in them and stars that are, you know, one way and the other ones don't. Right. But it's just the same radar. Got it. Got it. Well, and so here's the other thing that's really interesting about your film festival for those who have not attended. At the same time you're holding your film festival, simultaneously, there are two other major events being held in Austin. There's South by Southwest Interactive and South by Southwest Music, all of which provides an incredible film tech music experience for attendees. But how has this amalgamation impacted what you're doing with your film festival? Are you a convergence person? Yeah, it's a one. I mean, it's one event. It's one event that's got a lot of different arms. And, and and last year we really consolidated because before we used to kind of brand it as South by Southwest Music, Film and Interactive. But there's also comedy as well and a trade show, and there are different tentacles. But we really kind of branding wise now it's just South by Southwest. And within that, you have all these different arms. Um, and uh, to me. I've been around for a long time, been to a lot of film festivals. Uh, I always loved South by Southwest. It was great. It's one of the reasons I moved to Austin. But what was really exciting coming to work here was that there was no other festival in the world that that was attached to the hip with music and interactive. Right. And to me, that was distinct and interesting and, and something that we could be doing that was different and not you know repetitive to what already existed. So um, I, it's, it's both our blessing and our challenge um, because there is so much to do at any given moment. There's a lot of competition for eyeballs. Uh, there's a lot of the messaging is you know hard because people know us for different things are we just a music festival are we just tech and you know it, it, it's it's challenging but it's it's what's really exciting about being here as well well one thing that you definitely are is cool i mean there's you've got <laughs> you've got a great logo the acronym sxsw and you're in austin and i just i gotta ask you this question about austin itself i mean i would say the national take on the state of texas is dallas huh houston Austin, unbelievable. And so why do you think that is? What happened to Austin to make it this unbelievable Mecca? Well, I, I just moved here in in 2004, and my first relationship sort of I drove through in 1982 for a minute, um, and then but it was Richard Linkletter was the one who kind of really yeah. put it on the map for me. But I think that the founders of South by Southwest always talk about the Austin itself being such a, you know that the secret sauce in terms of, you know, the success of the event. And there's just something great about it here. It's a very creative environment. The people are really warm and friendly and open and direct in a way I find I love. No pretension. You don't have the same kind of emphasis on, um, in a way, material goods that you might find in other places. Like, I'm a New Yorker. I love New York. It, you know, it's the most exciting place in the world for me. But it's it's a, it's a little easier to live here. Uh, it, there's there's a little less, even though it's growing by leaps of growing crazily. It's 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 an easier quality of life. And um, I don't know. I, I I it's it's undeniable that it's a big factor. What makes us so successful? People yeah. are excited to come to South by Southwest. They they expect to come to Austin and have fun. And they do. I've yeah. only met one person in my life who, who who didn't like it here and preferred New York, Paris, and Toronto. Other than that, people just love it here. And, you know, I, I, I can't tell you what it is. I, 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 let me posit a theory. My theory might be that it's so many different things. You know, I mean, Austin yeah, has a yeah. great music scene. You've got a great film festival. You've got great food and interesting people. You've got a major universe. Anyways, I, I feel like there's this yeah. wonderful amalgamation. I'm glad that you guys are capitalizing on it. So you spend 356 days a year to focus on nine when you're in the middle of it, when you're doing Q and A's and you're leading panel discussions and you're making sure that tech's running tickets, how do you get through it? So this is basically a question I have for you. How do you deal with that level of stress? It's a long year. And 
during the event itself, I mean, you know, there's a lot of other people involved, you know, like any good producer will say, it's all about the pre-production and then, you know, luckily things will run well. So that's part of it. And during the event itself, I have to really um, focus on marshalling my energy. Yeah. I do. I have to actually, th- I have to pay attention. I don't go to parties because um, until Tuesday night, because that's, I was losing my voice too much. And I realized when I was in bars or speaking to people outside, so I stopped doing that. So, you know, like uh, there are things I pay attention to. I try to really stay hydrated. I wear sneakers all the time. You know, I don't make any concession of fashion. And, um, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. And I, I just, every year I try to kind of sleep a little bit more and just be more efficient about the work leading up to it. Because the first year I was so exhausted by November, and then I still had to, like, do all the work to get me to March, you know. Um, so m- another thing that you've opted to do as far as you know, bringing different things into the mix is at your film festival you will show – television shows and you will bring in television creators tell me a little bit about that choice which i guess has been viewed by some to be a little on the controversial side for a film festival yeah you know it's funny it wasn't controversial at all but what i didn't expect was how excited people were going to get by it or how groundbreaking they thought it would be i started so i've been involved with independent films since the late 70s started with really experimental stuff i was at the film forum in new york my formative years 81 85 opening a new film every two weeks and you know was involved with a lot of independent films uh with my husband as producer's rep and then on a TV. And then we were part of a TV show called split screen, which is actually now streaming on film um, struck through the criterion channel. You can actually see it now. It's a, like 60 episodes of really wild filmmaker stories from like 97 to 2000. Um, I recommend that. But uh, so I'm, I moved to Austin in 2004 and I wasn't working and I was just around seeing movies, talking to filmmakers, whatever. And by that point, you know, we were, very, there were a lot of television shows that were so exciting, whether it was The Wire or Breaking Bad or, you know, The Sopranos, Friday Night Lights, um, that, you know, everybody I knew was watching. And, and actually over the years, I have to say even earlier than that, even in the 80s, I knew a lot of particularly women or not only women, but interesting independent filmmakers whose careers sort of veered off into television and yep. who were doing interesting work. So before, the right when I came into South by, in terms of running it, I wanted to incorporate television, and I just wasn't sure how to do it. But it took Lena Dunham, who we had, we showed her first film, Creative Nonfiction, and she met some collaborators and made Tiny Furniture as a way to earn her, her way back for the second year. And then she was she won the Narrative Prize, and it, it you know got attention to make a TV show. It took her within HBO to say this is important to me for them to say okay we can premiere it there for them to understand why it was important for them and that it was such an incredibly successful experience for the the creators of the show for the HBO on a marketing level and for us it was it was amazing you know as a as a festival so then we did the next year we're like okay other people were knocking on the door and we thought well there were so many television shows you're like well which ones do you go and what do you call it you don't call it television because it's not just television anymore so we came up right. with episode uh, well that's next year we we picked Bates Motel because we thought well that had a film motif and then that was so interesting that the next year we were I was just determined it was like if there's enough good quality we should have a section because this is this great work and we just want to be nimble and vital and responsible to like, we want to be presenting the most interesting work. And so the first year was like Silicon Valley and Penny Dreadful and Halt and Catch Fire and From Dust Till Dawn and Deadbeat and I'm forgetting Cosmos, I think. So it was cool, you know, so we, we started, we came up with a format of five or six and with a television you're showing maybe an hour or two half an hour so we would show an hour's worth of content however that played out and do and did a, added a half an hour extended q a uh, and that's how it worked and then this year we actually showed a full-on web series that was independent that didn't come with a broadcaster it's called i love beck and lucy and we showed the whole thing 
Wow. Well, getting back to what you were saying about Lena, Lena's series on HBO, just for those who can't connect the dots, was Girls. You saw mm-hmm. it before others. What did you see in it that made you go, gosh, this, we have to premiere this? Well, I, we, were already, we were already invested in Lena's voice from creative nonfiction, which mm-hmm. when we programmed, I didn't realize that she was the girl in the, in the film. I just knew that it was you know, funny and authentic and different yeah. and really uneven, but, but there was something there that was fresh, and it was a 22-year-old filmmaker, and it was kind of like, let's take a chance on this person. You know, yeah. She's interesting. And then Tiny Furniture was so accomplished. And then Girls, we just, we just loved it. I mean, it was just this really authentic, um, provocative voice, um, you know, great sort of body image stuff we'd never seen before we got to see the first three episodes before we um premiered it but you know we were i was diehard fans from the get-go all the way through do you have any different considerations for different mediums like when you watch television do you look at story in any way different than you do film or is it really just what captures your interest we probably do, but I, it's funny. I don't know that I could put my finger on, on, on it exactly. Right. But, you know, I know that the core of the thing that we're always looking for, I mean, we are united in this. And I love the team that I work with. We've been rel- relatively the same bunch of us have been working together now for almost 10 years. And, and we're, we're, we're all different and we have different strengths, but we're all kind of aligned in we're, stuff that, that, you know, we like being uh, edgy and very DIY and kind of scrappy kind of a sensibility. But we're looking for for work that moves us. Got it. So, you know, somehow it's compelling uh, in terms of some way. Um, you, we, we try to stay away from work that's got too broad of a formula. Right. When you assess a film, when you program a film, there's there's a million different factors that go on in terms of, you know, the first, what's primary is the work and how, how you respond to the work. And then sometimes it's like, this is an interesting director that I want to work with. And maybe the work is more accomplished or less accomplished. 200 but seconds. But, you, but you're interested in supporting their career at some point. And, and, or maybe there's a, sometimes it, it is a distributor you want to work with. I mean, there, there, sometimes it's a geography. Like I've never seen anything from this place before. Right, or a lot right. of times it's a tonal, it's a tonal balance of, you know, we've got a lot of funny stuff, but we need something that's like suspenseful or we need something that's more gritty and you know so so your all those factors wow. come into play with every single wow. decision we make that's a lot of considerations well let me ask you this so the 1k podcast mm-hmm. that you're participating in now is a thousand seconds which is time conscious homage to the 100 words film festival which is our festival held here in charlotte where every film's exactly 100 spoken words which means they're all shorts talk to me mm-hmm. a li- talk to me a little bit about shorts and you know a lot of people are considering this the golden age of short film do you agree and why do you think they've become so popular well, it's interesting, uh, you know, because I don't I don't have a sense of it out in the world in terms of their popularity. I certainly know people are making them because of, you know, more and more because of the Internet allows itself towards quick distribution and eyeballs. And I, I guess, you know, there's a way that people have access to see them more than they used to. But uh, yeah. I know that our our I don't program our shorts, partly because there's just not enough hours of the day in the in the screening um, season. You have to kind of like own your area so for a long time now our shorts have been programmed by Claudette Godfrey and she's really good at it we've just the the acclaim we get for the discoveries of talent and the curation of each program that we do so Claudette we have like 12 different shorts programs there are three that are 90 minute narrative shorts and two that are docs and there's a midnight and an animation and a Texas and music videos we have a 90 minutes uh, 100 seconds and she's very not only because with 5,000 submissions, you could all so many different programmers could come up with completely different programs. But right. we kind of go with Claudette has a very she has her own curatorial authorial eye. And she each each um, program is curated for flow. 
Got so it. that it's, you know, a lot of the decision makes for having like a 90 minute experience that's powerful. Awesome. But well, there's been, um, let me, ju- yeah. I'm sorry to jump in on you because we're coming down the stretch and this is kind of our quick little Q and a down the stretch. Are you ready, Janet? Okay. So, uh, a lot of people would want to ask you questions about film, but as a tip of the hat to you for your love of convergence, what is your favorite? 60 seconds. Ooh, what's your favorite TV series? Do you have one? Uh, like of all time? Well, no. Of right all now. time? Yeah, well, you feel that however you want to. All time, sure, all time. <laughs> Uh, Breaking Bad. Okay. The what? Wire. Nice. I don't know. Oh, the Wire. <laughs> those are those are both great answers. What's the best music concert you've seen in the past few years? Kendrick Lamar at ACL Live. Wow, you were two for two. Okay, you you've <laughs> welcomed just about every big star in Hollywood. Which star were you most thirty star, seconds? Were you most starstruck by? Oh, I can't answer that. <laughs> okay. What about your job brings you the most satisfaction? Absolutely being able to discover broad new talent I haven't seen before and give them a potential transformative experience for their life, being able to yeah, change their life. Awesome. Last question. Ten seconds. Best thing about being married to an independent filmmaker is He's not really a filmmaker. He's more, you know, he's we were both film champions. Well played. Thanks for listening to 1K, powered by Ortho Carolina. If you like our show, please share this with a friend, rate and review us on iTunes, and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Special thanks to producer Richard Brook, associate producer Jordan Snyder, music by Jason Hausman. I'm your host, Scott Galloway. We'll be back in your feed with a new episode next week. That's just 604,800 seconds away.